Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to New Hope Hill, Hawaii. I am Pastor Ward. I facilitate the men's ministry with a bunch of other guys. And we just have a good old time over there. I invite all you men. This is my pitch. I get to give this out right now. I invite you guys Saturday morning at 7 a.m. to come and join the rest of us as we sit down and we just uh, have breakfast and have a good time. Well, this evening, I wanted to, um, you know what, Pastor Sheldon has been doing such a great job of, of introducing worship in such a way that brings some great understanding. And, and you know, he, he called me up. He said, hey, you, you know what? Can you do something? I said, well, I can show something in there, but, you know. But he does so great. So tonight, I wanted to do something goofy. Because I cannot be great, but I can be goofy. Okay? So as you notice, the stage is filled with a lot of things. And uh, we're going to go through some of this stuff. But I need to set the stage first. One thing and one thing that's most important about when it comes to worship. I want tonight, I'm praying that that we would see the eternal value of what worship truly is. But you know what? Worship is not only what you saw this evening has the worship team leads us into the presence of God. It's a lifestyle. And that's why I have all these little props up here. I have, I have to set the stage. So we have things in our past, we have things in our present, and we have things in our future. So if you got your little bulletin that you got over there, you're going to make your own notes. And the first thing I want you to do as you open up that bulletin on the left side of the page on the top, right past. The word pass. Now underneath there somewhere, put your birth date. Put your birth date. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Is that when time began for you? Is that when your existence came to be? Is that where your life started? Well, here's what the Bible says. We'll go with our first. Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Verse 13 and 14. For you formed my inner parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Here we have King David. Wow. Look what he mentioned. You formed me in my mother's womb. So someplace before this, God was working. He's working in you. He's putting you together. Okay? The next verse, Psalm 71. Psalm 71, verse 5 and 8. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my confidence from my youth. But you, I have been sustained from my birth. You are he who 
took me from my mother's womb, my praise continually for you. I have become a marvel to many, for you are my strong refuge. My mouth filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. All day long. So something before this birth date that you wrote on your paper, there's some activity that has been going on. God is involved. He's putting you together. Okay? Now, I want to go visit a New, New, New Testament gentleman. His name is Paul. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 and 16. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 and 16. And here he writes, I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which I preach by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor I was taught. But I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life. Remember Paul's former life as Saul? He killed Christians. For a living, and he loved it, and he did it with zeal. Okay? And, and he writes, How I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and try to destroy it. I was advanced in Judaism, beyond my contemporaries, among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when God, who had set me apart, from my mother's womb and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Oh, not only did God put you together, he also gave you a design. He actually gave you a purpose. There's something that you're going to do in your life. So now we have birth. Design. Now the thing is, like Saul, it took a while for him to figure out his design. And so it will with us. For Saul, he had to go through some hardship before he found out his design. And when he found out his design, he spoke of the Lord continuously. He gave him praise all day long. He worshipped him when the sun rose to the sunset. He worshipped God in his dreams. He totally turned his life around when he found his true design. And he did it with zeal. The same way he did his other adventures. Okay? So now we got birth and design. So you guys know that. So before here, there's been some activity. So we, before you were born, well, before you was in your mother's womb, God said, mm, I'm going to make a ward. October 26, 1950 something. <laughs> I'm surprised I used the five. <laughs> okay? And I'm going to put this design in ward. Okay? Now here I am today. Present day. June 1st. 7 o'clock. 
Did I know that design between there and here? I was the last person who ever thought would be on stage like this. The last person. And if any of you are my classmates, you know that. Because every time I see my classmates at reunions, they say, I don't believe it. And I say, there is a God. Okay? Between birth and design, we have my past experience. Okay? So let me tell you some stuff. You got positive. We have some, I have some positive life experiences. You can have some positive life experiences also. Great parents, loving parents, brought you up well in your home, beautiful, right? Sent you to school. Some of you may have been sent to private schools. I went public, but still, yeah, had fun, right? So you had some positive things in, in your life. Maybe you had faith early in your life that helped you grow. Maybe you had discipline early in your life. They made you who you are today. But those are all positive things that help you grow. Everybody agree? Okay. And then, (laughs) there's also that guy. We've had some negative stuff in our life. Right? You had some hardships. Maybe it might have been abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. Okay? Or even an abuse of neglect. Maybe your life wasn't like that. Maybe I'm stirring some stuff in you. They say, oh, yeah, that, that sound, kind of sounds like me. You know, there's something that I'm trying to remember what I used to call it. DRP. DRP. Oh. I think that was something to do with neglecting. Let me, let me put it this way. What's worse than a dad that's not here? A dad that's here, that's not here. Okay? And I can experience that. I've experienced that. That was some of my negative stuff in life. Not that he didn't want to, he just didn't know. He just didn't know certain things. So let me talk to you dads tonight. Did you, do you know that your children is waiting for your approval? Do you know that? That your children is waiting for your approval. Oh, what approval? The approval to hear from your mom that you love them. They want to hear that. The daughters want to hear it coming out of dad's mouth. Honey, I love you. Son, I love you. Okay? That's what they want to hear. The next thing is, they want an approval. Son, I'm proud of you. Yeah, you steal my rubber slippers. That's okay. I still love you. Yeah, you know, bring my tools back. It's all right. You borrow my fishing pole, you know, bring me fish. It's all right. But they need to hear it. And there are children out there, and maybe some of you here, who are still waiting for that approval. And that's going to affect you in a negative way. And guess what? 
all these positive and negative will go from there to here and cause what I do today. Those stuff affect us in such a way that it, it'll, it'll stop us right here where we are. Okay? Now, how do we change that? Okay, I'm here in the present. What is today? June 1st. It is now 7.05. Five minutes went by. And we just covered history. Not my history. You notice something in your life, your history, in five minutes. We cannot reclaim that five minutes. We can't change anything in that five That five minutes is now in the past. And here in the present. We need to go and address those things. But in order to do that, I have to leave my present state to go deal with stuff in the past. So what does that do? It slows me down from getting to the future. Because I have to deal with this. But let me tell you what. Dealing with it, releasing it, will make you move faster and stronger into your future. You guys hear that? We need to go back. If, if, and let, let me tell you what. Um, well, I'll get to that. If we don't take care of these stuff, it'll just hold us down. It'll weigh us down. Okay? So I was just talking about that aspect. So let me get to the present now. Here is our present state. This is where I am today. So what do we have in our lives today? Well, some of us have convictions. Any of us got convictions? Some of these convictions help us grow. But some of these convictions came from the stuff that we had in our past. Okay? How many of you guys ever experienced a person that you don't like to talk to? Don't, don't look at them. Just, 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 just. Just say, in, okay, metaphysical matter in your mind, okay, there's a person that comes to mind that I don't really like to talk to because they talk the death out of me. Okay? And then when I go to KTA or any store, sorry, any store, and I see them in that aisle, and I need to get eggs, but all of a sudden I'm going to go get rice. <laughs> and then you check out, and you're going, then all of a sudden, the voice is right behind you. You guys experience that? Those are negative things in the past that just eat you up. And they do that to you. These are past experiences. Now, past experiences have something that we call wounds. Someone that hurt you put a nice wound on you. So you don't want to really deal with that person. Or if a father has never... Now, guys, if your father never told you that he loves you, go find him and ask him why. Because I'm going to tell you, 99% of the time, he didn't know he had to do that. Dads don't know because nobody ever taught them how to say, son, I love you. It's not something that is passed down for some reason. 
son, I'm proud of you. And if you're still waiting for that approval and your father has passed away, move on. You need to move on. But pass this on to your kids. We always do opposites. Okay? My parents were strict. I promise I would never be strict. I grew up never being strict. Now I pay the penalty for not being strict. Okay? Now I wish I was strict. But my kids, oh, they're strict. They're tough. And they're sitting over there, so I'm going to come on this side. <laughs> they're tough. You know, they're stringent. They're, they're, they're there. They're get in there. And what we do, we develop opposites. Why? For some reason, when I was growing up, I didn't want to be like my parents. They, I don't know. I just didn't want to be like them. So I promised not to be like them. That caused some of these effects here in my past. And I have to go back and deal with it. I have to go back and address it. Why? Because I won't have a future if I don't take care of these things. Once you get all these things taken care of, it starts to push you towards your future. Okay? So let's go to this present state. Oh, wounds and wounds and unfinished business, they're like, they're like sleeping grass. You guys know sleeping grass? How many of you ever played with sleeping grass? Hours and hours of entertainment. And then you try not touch them. Oh. <laughs> See, it's like sleeping grass. But when you go there and you pull it out, when you find the center and you pull it out, you're going to find out that those leaves aren't the only things that's there. Because the roots go deep and wide. And you pull it out, and next thing you know, you go on bush. And you go in there, and all on the top, so it's only this little thing like that, and you go, well, that's how wounds and unfinished business is in your life from the past. They just look like little sleeping grass. They didn't harm nobody. They don't bother nothing until you pull and the roots come out. Then you find the hardship that's in there, the hurts, the pains. And then when you release that, when you pull it out, when you get to the deepest roots of it all, and you pull it all out, and it's done. Now you can move. So let me go to our present life. Right here, right now. And, and I talked about convictions. Some of us got those convictions. Okay? The other part of our present life is problems. We have problems. Anybody don't have problems? You're so sweet, honey. But you're young yet. Wait, mortgage coming. Car bills, gas bills, they're all going to come. Who doesn't have problems? I tell you what, four areas that, that, that has the greatest problems. One, marriage. A lot of people have problems in their marriage. I'm not raising my hand, hon, because we have. I just <laughs> sending a message out there to the guys. <laughs> a lot of us have problems in our marriage. And guess what comes up right next? 
kids. Children. Who doesn't have problems with their kids? That's my daughter. She got four boys. Yeah, and you'll find them all over the place. On the ceiling. Under the bed. Everywhere. Shampoo empty. Oh, this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. <laughs> okay, so where was I? See, you make me lose my train of thought here. Kids, okay, kids, kids, kids. Okay, what comes right after that? Job. Who doesn't have problems at their job? If you know more job, if you know more problems at your job, you're not working. Because <laughs> you gotta work to have problems. <laughs> and then after that, money. You can find problems in all these areas. And in the present state, you got that going on with that. And if you're not addressing it, then you're going to have a hard time experiencing what I'm calling this evening the eternal value of worship. We come here broken, tired, bust up, and we go into praise and worship, and, 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 and we raise our hand, and, and wow! It's all good. It'll never take care of nothing yet. Because what's going to take care of that is, this is all good. You and God, you guys are great. But he said, you got to go take care of business. Well, that thing's going to happen again and again and again. And it's going to continue to happen. Okay? So here I'm at, I'm at uh, my present state now. I'm enjoying life. It's, it's pretty good. I'm dealing with some stuff from my past, okay? Um, let's see. Ah. Future. Okay? So future. How, how many of you guys know how to work future? In order to know the future, you need... Plan. And a part of that plan is when you think of your future, there's a dream. Don't you have a dream about your future? Right? So you have a dream. So within that plan, there is a dream. And we do all good there. I can dream all day of my future. I can work out a plan. I can do all that stuff. That's all good. So now I got this. I'm taking care of business here. I'm, I'm in my present states. I know I, I get problems, okay? But I have a future, a plan, a dream, okay? I got all this stuff. You guys are still with me? Nobody left yet. Okay, good. Let me tell you something, though. If you don't take care of these stuffs, if you've got problems in your marriage and you're not trying to deal with it and work with it, marriage counseling, whatever it takes, 
and you don't want to do it because you're right and he's wrong? Good. Okay. If, if, if you know, you don't know how to handle your money and you, you're just spending it all over the place and you're doing this and building up credit cards and all that and you don't deal with it, those things in the past, because once you, it's past. Once you whip that card, it's gone. Don't take care of it. Don't pay it. Sure. Kids, you let them do whatever they like. Okay? You don't take care of these stuff. Problems today, right? Money, you don't take care of your money. Good stuff happening, right? Look, he's beginning to move already. <laughs> if you don't take care of issues that you have in the past, wounds, unfinished business, if, if you don't understand that, that there is problems that we have to deal with and we have to work with, okay, we've got all these things going on in life, right? and you don't take care of it, who wants to open this life? Yeah, I know you guys. Yeah, yeah. Cause why? No more mortgage. <laughs> Still getting money from mommy and daddy. How about this side? Who wants to open up this life? Yeah. Cause there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt, and sometimes we just don't know how to deal with it. But there's a way to deal with these things. Go find help. Find professional help. If you have financial problems, find a professional financier. Is that what they call him? If you're having marriage problems, even if you're not having marriage problems, go see your marriage counselor. Show him off for a while. <laughs> oh, the pastor told me to come and see you. Why? I don't know. What's wrong with your marriage? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but go. Find out. Go on an adventure. And do it together. Work those things out. Kids having a hard time? Good. Make them more hard. But do it with this in mind. And we got these dreams, we got these plans. We got all these things going on in our life. Okay, guys, it's 720. 20 minutes has gone by and it's in the past. In these last 20 minutes, you've learned something about your own personal life from that beginning all the way down to here. But same as this beginning, where there is something happening over here, where God was involved. Right? He was moving you together, put the design together. He, he let you go through all this past stuff, right? All the positive and the negative. You're here today, sitting down, listening to me. Okay? And then now you got a plan in the future. You know? Same as all that. God is over here. And God is telling you to do all these things 
And if you do all these things, if you do go to these marriage counseling, if you do try to find help, not too bad, eh? If you keep up with your finances, you help your kids, you tell your son, you tell your daughter, dad, you tell them you love them and you're proud of them every day. You're at their baseball game. No matter how tired you think you are, you're at their baseball game watching them play, even though you don't like the sport. Or you never played the sport. Even though if he chooses to play a violin and you go and sit down and watch him play. When he comes home and he has a D or an F and you still say I love you. And then you take the next step and you sit with him and you work with him. You partner up with him until the report comes home with a C. I love you. See, you're depositing more than adding pressure. And with a deposit like that, there's an investment that grows. In each and every one of us. So, you want to know what God's doing on this end? Eternity. Eternity is here. We have these future plans, we have all these dreams, but guess what happens right here? We die. There's death. That's where we, sorry guys, that's where we're headed. We're going to die. Okay? But whatever you did from this here, from all the way to here, guess what you're going to leave behind? A legacy. A legacy. I'm going to die one day. My family knows that. But what am I going to leave behind for them? Not the insurance money. My legacy. <laughs> what am I going to leave behind? What are they going to see? How did dad handle issues in his past? How is dad today? What is dad looking at tomorrow? See? So here's death. And here's my legacy. Here's God. And eternity. And here's our destiny. This is where we're headed. It goes beyond death. But the thing is, there's never been too much of a great picture painted about this area. If you guys look in the book of Revelation, you guys see gold streets, pearly gates, crystal clear water. Is that all that's in heaven? Is that all that's in heaven? So I want to take you guys here to there and show you guys something. As much as I use the scriptures here, 
to tell you guys that God was there in the beginning. Let me show you that he's here at the end. Look. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews chapter 13, 8. In other words, Jesus Christ was here. Woving you together. Putting this design in you. Sending you off and saying, I'll see you soon. Today, he's here with you now. In your presence. Watching you do all the things you do. Leading you on and helping you. Forever? Jesus is in heaven. Eternity. God's kingdom. What is he doing? Waiting for you to come? Uh, kind of. I go and I prepare a place for you. Each and every one of you. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, he said. For my father's house has many mansions. So Jesus is in heaven working, preparing a place for me and for you. Okay? Now, the same goes. We know Jesus is there now. Let me share you another one. Oh, our worship. I think we have that one, John chapter 4. Yes, thank you very much. John chapter 4. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's not a song. That's all this. That's all this put together. Because who's going to help you get through all this? God. Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's going to break you down to make you face this. And it is Jesus that's going to pick you up to show you his Father's kingdom. God is going to go from here, from his kingdom, and he's going to seek those worshipers that's worshiping him. He's looking for you who's who's doing their thing. They're trying to fix things. They're trying to mend things. Whatever was broken, we're trying to fix. He's there seeking you out because you are the true worshipers of Christ. It's in your works. Okay? And what you do for yourself. Oh, next one. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 6 and 8, I think I had, right? Okay. Your offering. You guys believe that? Your offering 
is in eternity. Can I paint that picture for you? Is this becoming a little bit more clear? Say, wait, wait a minute, my offering. No, the guy can't pick them up in a bowl. Yeah. True. That offering is going out to present this gospel. The way you gave that offering. God, from the kingdom, from his homeland, loves a cheerful giver. His love from the kingdom of God, where he reigns and rules, love at present time when you bring your offering with a cheerful heart. His love does that. Awesome. Are you guys having a, a, a more clearer picture of eternity? What's there? What's working? What's happening? How many of you uh, read the love chapter? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The love chapter. Many years, I've read this. And I read it, and I read it, and I said, okay, this is, okay, yeah, okay. This is what I got to do. So here it is. Let me read it for you. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries, all knowledge, you know, smart. And if I have all faith that I can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. (laughs) If I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, It profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not speak its own. It's not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part. We prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child... I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now I see in the mirror, dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have been fully known. But now, faith, hope, love, abide these three, But the greatest of these is love. Okay. Why? I just read you the whole story. Why? That's what I asked myself. Faith, hope, love, 
Why is love the greatest? And then he caught me. And all this, all this is in part. You heard what the Bible said? In part. We know in part. All this we know in part. You can be the smartest guy in the world, but you still know in part. You may know the scriptures by heart, back and forth, but you only know in part. Okay? All those things. As long we are in the present, as long there's air in our lungs and we're awake and we're doing stuff, we only know in part. But there'll be a day when we die and when we give up our last breath here on earth and our eyes open and Jesus stands before us and the multitude of angels will be singing and the forerunners who have gone before us our great-great-grandfather, our our great-great ancestors, they'll be standing there cheering you on when you pass from this life to the next. You will know fully exactly what God was doing. Did any of you have any questions about God? Why did you do this? How did you do that? On that day, you can ask them. Because he promised that none should perish. And he'll make every effort to make sure that no one perishes. He did all this. He can make sure that no one perishes. So I know in part, as I'm here and, and I'm sharing this with all, with all of you. But on that day, I will know fully. Do you know Why? Love is the greatest because that's the only thing that will exist in eternity. Because when you step into eternity, there's no faith. There's no hope. It's reality. When Jesus stands before you, it's reality. Faith and hope is gone. And all is there is the love of God. Because that's the only love that's pure and perfect. I've tried all my life to fulfill that scripture. Love is patient. Love is kind. I'm not patient at times. You can ask my wife. I'm not kind. You can ask my kids. I'm a clanging symbol sometimes. Clanging symbol. I tried to do that as much as I could. Then I finally realized that's not my love. That's his love. God's love is perfect in his creation that still has to do all these things. He loves us so much in such a way. If the worship team could come up, you know, this is a lot of stuff, and I'm sorry, it's going to fill your plate, but if you have any question, feel more than free to ask Pastor Sheldon when he come back. Oh, for you guys, come see me Saturday morning, 7 o'clock, men's ministry. We'll be in here. But I want to tell you guys something that's very, um, that 
that I hope that, that, that will bring confirmation to you of who you are. Do you know who you are? Do you guys see this eternity here? You guys see this? Sorry, I know things still stay up here, guys. I don't know they rhyme. <laughs> come, 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 come. Do you guys see this eternity? Can you guys picture that? Jesus is there working on your behalf, preparing a place for you. Can you see that? Can you see your offering, the cheerfulness of your heart, reaching the kingdom of God? And God said, oh, I'm so in love. Look at my creation. They're being obedient. They're hearing my word. They're doing my will. Can you see that worship over here? When we fix all these things, or we start to go and repair all these things, what happens is that we start to manifest what was originally in us. That's Christ himself when he originally created us. And put us there with a design. And sent us on our way. And he's calling all us back. I want to bring a word of confirmation to you guys. If you guys see this. If you guys see this ending. If you guys see God's love. If you guys see eternity that way. There was. There was a Pharisee. His name was Nicodemus. And he came at night to see Jesus because he didn't want nobody to see him. And he asked Jesus, what do you mean born again? How can someone be born again? How can someone return to their mother's womb? And then he said, truly, truly, I say unto you, No one will see the kingdom of God unless what? You will see the kingdom of God when you believe in Him. If you receive Jesus Christ for the first time and you see this, that's a confirmation that you are a believer. For us who have followed Christ for a while, if you could just get a glimpse of eternity, you saw the kingdom of God. It's there. And only you can see it because you believe. When we assemble together, when we come together to worship, The eternal value is when we gather together, it's an overflow of worship. Yeah, we work all these other stuff out, but when we get here, we pour everything up. Just saying, God, thank you so much. I want to worship you more and more. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. For all that you're doing in our life. Fill us, Lord. Fill us with all that you want us to have, Father God. Help us to 
overcome the things in our past and, and to work through them in our present state, Father God, because they have a future. We have a future with you. Eternity awaits. That is our destiny. If we focus on our destiny, all these other things will come in line. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing and all that you're about to do. May your praise never leave our lips. In Jesus' name.